Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our time together on Sunday morning here at the Digital Cathedral. So glad you could be with me. And I'm just chomping at the bit. I'll be honest with you. I couldn't wait to get over here and begin to do this series that we're just starting out this morning called You Can Create. Now, this is going to take me about six weeks. So I'm going to say six weeks. Now, give me a little leeway, a little grace if, it, if I have to go a couple extra weeks. But I think we can cover this thoroughly in six weeks. And just let me remind you, you can create is part of the bigger picture of manifesting as a son of God. That's the bullseye. That's the target in everything that we're doing is that we might manifest as a son of God, even as Jesus manifested, because as he is, so are we in this world, right? All right, so let's read that verse from Romans chapter 8 and verse 19, just so you understand how important it is that we manifest. Romans 8, 19 says this, For the earnest expectation of the creation, all of creation, eagerly is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. I think the King James says the manifestation. New King James says revealing. Now listen to that verse out of the Passion Translation. All I want to do before I get into, into the, the meat of this lesson is to say, look, this is part of your inheritance. This is part of what belongs to you is being a creator. It's something in the body of Christ that we have not explored, we've not entered into, and I, I think it's because uh, no one has really had an understanding or an unveiling of it. So I, I want to unveil, I want to work on this mystery that is going to take care of so many things that we've tried to pray for and been frustrated because the answers have not come to us from the Father. And the reason is he has given us the ability to create. So when prayers are not answered, could it just possibly, I'm only asking a question, could it possibly be that the Father is saying, I want you to learn to create the answer that you really need? All right, Passion Translation says this, the entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. So we're going to take several weeks and explore this idea, this truth of I am a creator. Now, when we're finished in a few weeks, and I can't emphasize enough, I want you to stay with me every week. Be here on Sunday morning, Wednesday night. Almost makes me feel like being a pastor again. Encouraging people to attend, to take this all in, because I'm convinced that if you'll stay with me and apply what we're talking about, you're not going to be the same person six weeks from now. You're going to be farther down the road. This is part of the development that brings us to the, to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ himself. So here's what I want to do this morning. I want to take you up 30,000 feet and give you an overview of where we're going to be going the next six, seven weeks. Now, I may not be teaching as long this morning as I normally do, but what I want to say is very compact, it's very concentrated, and it's, and it's full of, of life, it's full of revelation, and it's full of what I want you to begin to integrate into your inner man. Then we're going to break it down. After this morning, after I take you up to 30,000 feet, give you a large overview of where we're going with this, then I'm going to take each week and just break it down to bite-sized pieces. This is going to be very practical, very workable, and I'm challenging you to put it to the test. If this, the proof is in the pudding. If this does not work, then, then it, we're, what we're doing here is in vain. I believe this will work for you. It's worked for me. It's working for me even, even now, today, as I'm teaching this. I've been applying this in my life. Uh, so after six weeks, I think you're going to have the equipment, the tools to be able to be a creator. You are a creator. There's no, absolutely no question about it. God has endued you with the ability to create the life that you want to live, a life that is full of uh, fullness, abundance. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have more abundantly. Many people in the body of Christ are not living an abundant life, and it's because we haven't learned how to bring from the unseen to the seen, from the invisible to the visible. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says this, While we look not at the things that are seen. That's the first part of the verse. While we look not at the things that are seen. So let's start to get into this. First thing is this. If you want to be a creator, you're going to have to change what you look at 
and what you determine to be the reality of your world. Hands down, no question about it. You're gonna to have to get different lens out and begin to view what is going on in your world differently than you've ever seen it before. You're gonna to have to see the reality of what you do not see. That's a, major, that's a major obstacle for most people. Everything that you see had its origination in what you cannot see. Everything you see came out of what you can't see. Everything that's visible came out of what was invisible, which tells me that the invisible unseen realm is, is more powerful and it contains everything that we need that, that can be brought into a seen world. It can be created. It can be brought from the unseen to the seen, from the invisible to the visible. Then we're gonna to have to trust what we don't see to become our reality instead of what we do see. Are you with me, still tracking with me? So we're gonna to have to begin to see reality differently. We're gonna to have to pull out of this thing where we're moved by what we see, and we're gonna to have to begin to be moved by what we don't see. That's what Paul said in the first part of that 18th verse of 2 Corinthians chapter four. While we look not at the things that are seen. I frankly have found this the most difficult transition to make, to move into that unseen, that thing that I want to create and see that as my reality rather than the lack or, uh, or the need that I have that would appear to be obvious in the scene. So we're, what I'm saying is this, we're gonna to have to learn how to be led from within. We're gonna to have to learn how to be led by the Spirit, see by the Spirit, live out of the kingdom of God that is within us. Now, I'm, I'm very much aware that that goes against the grain of everything that we have been uh, taught, that we've been conditioned all our lives to do. All of our lives, we've been conditioned to see things one way, and that is the seen. Nobody's taught us to see the unseen, to see by the eye of faith, to see by the Spirit, to see what's in the kingdom. We have learned well to let this visible, external circumstances and situations that we face call the shots, uh, make our choices, make our decisions based on what we see, hear, feel, touch, smell, and taste. Five senses. Uh, it affects our decisions, our moods, our choices. We're, we've been, we have been so naturally programmed to, the, to respond to the scene that it's automatic. So, so, you know, if you're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old and you've done one thing one way all of your life, to come in and uproot that can be a difficult process. Now what's happening is this. The sons of God are beginning to manifest. You're maturing beyond anything that you ever had at any other time in your life. You're, you are more Christ-like. You have more an understanding of spiritual things. More mysteries have been revealed to you than probably any generation has lived on the planet, lived on the face of the earth. And so now we're coming, we're coming into some areas that are unknown to us. And that's a necessary transition. We're being reprogrammed in the spirit of our mind to now flip the script, to flip, the flip what we have felt was reality and to see the unseen that we desire. And I'm gonna to talk to you about, from, from a high level view, I'm gonna to talk to you about how we begin that process from start to finish. So this is an important lesson this morning. Stay with me for the whole time. Don't click it out. If you have to go somewhere, come back and make sure you finish this up because if you don't get this this morning, the rest of the weeks are not gonna be uh, worth a nickel. This is important this morning. I want you to get all of this. So we're flipping the script and we're moving from what we see to what we don't see, which is which in effect, what we see is, and this has been part of our problem, it's, it's subject to continual change. The last part of that 18th verse, Paul said this, the first part, he said, we don't look at the things that are seen. I've quoted this verse a lot, you've heard it a lot, you know the verse. But he said, we look at the things that are not seen. So this is where we're gonna to have to train our focus. And I'm gonna tell you this morning what you look at when you, don't, when you can't see it in the physical. I'm gonna show you what you look at. Because he said, the things that are seen are temporary, they're subject to change, they're always in flux but the things that are not seen are eternal. So this seen dimension that we've been so accustomed to making our reality is a fleeting, uh, changing reality that has kept us in a flux all of our life. It's what's kept us up and down in our living because we've been conditioned, if circumstances are good, we're happy. If circumstances are not good, we're unhappy. 
and we haven't known how to change it. We've, just, we've been reacting rather than creating. Did you hear that? We have been reacting rather than creating. So we're going to start to see that the unseen is where the strength is. The unseen is where the power is. The unseen is where the truth is. Now, I've read to you probably 50 times over the last few months, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. It's a very important verse. I knew where I was going with this eventually, so I've tried to drop this seed into you so much that... Uh, that you that you that the verse would not be foreign to you, uh, but you'd understand exactly what it's saying. Second Peter chapter one verse three. Now stay with me. Listen. Second Peter one three. His divine power, his divine power has given to us past tense done already happened has given to us all things that pertain to godliness and life. Here's how it comes through the knowledge of him who called you to virtue and glory. Now, if he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, or the, the sequence there is godliness and life, if he has already deposited it, if he has given it to us, then what dimension or what realm does it exist in? It obviously is not in the scene because I, I can't see everything that has been given to me. I, I don't know everything that has been given to me by my eyesight. But it has all been created by the self-definition of God. I am that I am. It's been created in spirit. And that's the way God did it. As, as well, you know, in Genesis chapter 1, it says, and God said, let us make man in our image and likeness and let him have dominion. That was all created in spirit because it wasn't until Genesis chapter two, verses five, six, and seven, that man makes his entrance on the planet. So what was going on in Genesis chapter one? God was creating everything in spirit. God was creating everything in unseen. Then God took what was in the unseen, what was in the invisible in Genesis chapter two and brought it to the scene, brought it to the visible. So our divine nature of I am, which is a chip off the old block of I am that I am, and let me emphasize again, I am not, I am that I am, I am not source, but everything that I am that I am has given to me, which is everything that pertains to life, everything that pertains to the abundant life, everything that pertains to living uprightly, to living a, a strong ethical, moral life, everything that I need, I've been equipped with. I've been already granted. So the car I need to drive, the house I need to live in, the food that I need to eat has already been given to me. I don't see it, but it's there. So it must be in an unseen realm. So this divine nature that I have called I am, everything I say after I am is going to manifest part of the I am that I am, an extension, a part of we're co-creators, co-labors with him. I am, let me, let me put it to you this way. I am is greater than anything that presents itself to me in the form of my five physical senses. The I am that is within me, my power to be able to make I am manifest is greater than what the five senses bring to me. So if we've been given the power to create and everything has been given to us that pertains to life and godliness, then we must have the ability to bring from the unseen to the seen, from the invisible to the visible. But here's the $64,000 question. How do I make the connection? How do I connect the seen with the unseen? How do I connect the invisible with the visible? How do I bring from what I don't see, which I've been given everything that pertains to life, how do I bring that into the dimension in which I live? How do we create those things that pertain to life and godliness? Father set the pattern, Jesus set the pattern, and I wanna introduce you this morning to four basic spiritual connectors. Now, I want you to take some time after this lesson this week and just meditate and think about these. There are four connectors that you have had all of your life that you cannot see, and yet you possess them. You're aware of them, but you can't see them. 
And these four connectors, they have tremendous power within themselves. But when they are used according to the pattern of way the Father and the Son created, they, they unleash a dynamic ability on the part of men and women to create, to bring those things that pertain to life and godliness out of the unseen to the seen, the invisible to the visible. Now, by themselves, these four have, have creativity within them. And there have been little waves that have come into the body of Christ that has talked about one, one of these or one of the others, one of the four. Sometimes they've been emphasized. But I want to, I want to show you how these four coordinate. I want to show you how these four work together. I want to give you four connectors, and then I'm going to give you just a brief overview of these four connectors. All right? Then I, after, I, after I do that, the next week, I'm going, to, I'm going to take them individually and spend at least one week expanding on each of the four. I want to give you four connectors this morning, the four connectors that operate in you that you cannot see. They're invisible, but they create what you can see. Right now, the four connectors are this, and I've danced around it now for several weeks, and I've just been planting seeds to bring you to this September the 5th. I told you September the 5th, we were going to start moving into this deeper. So the four connectors are this, and the, and the sequence of these is extremely important. Four connectors are these. Thoughts. Can you see a thought? No, it's absolutely invisible, but thoughts are powerful. Number one is thought. Number two is imagination. Number three is the heart. Jesus likened it to a, a garden, it grows. And number four are words. Now you cannot see thoughts, you cannot see imagination, you can't see the inner man, the heart, and you cannot see, you can't see the words that I'm speaking this morning. You can hear them, you can see the effect of those words, but you cannot, you cannot see them. Now they're extremely powerful. And when they're used in a proper order, they bring a creative force into effect that can't be denied. I've listed them in order. I've listed them in the pattern. I've listed them in sequence to create. Now I've tested these. You've heard some of my testimonies. I've tested these in areas of my physical body, in areas of my finances, uh, of my material desires, I've, I've changed circumstances. I, I have utilized these. And so I'm coming to you in this series with tremendous confidence. I'm coming, I believe I'm speaking spirit and life to you. I'm speaking something that is gonna, that is gonna open up a dimension of your life. And we're gonna hear people begin to share their stories. Already I'm getting stories. We're, and I'm gonna share some of these stories as, as we move on in the months that are ahead, because this is gonna change you. But more than that, we read in Romans chapter eight and verse 19 that all creation is looking for the manifestation of the sons of God, the sons and the daughters of God. This, when you can create, I'm gonna tell you something, you're gonna have an impact on your culture, on your city, on the people that you have influence with, people that know what visibly is going on in your life and all of a sudden the whole thing has changed. They're gonna inquire, they're gonna have questions. They're, you're not gonna to have to run them down and give them a track. You're not going to have to evangelize them with the Romans road. They're going to ask you about the hope that lies within you, and you're going to have some answers for them. So these are tested. These four will all have um, possession of things, even though you can't see the four. And I can't emphasize that enough. They are connectors. They take what you have, which you can't see any of them. They're not visible to you. Uh, but you know they're real. How, how do you know thoughts are real? Because you experience them. You have seen the result of your thinking. How do you know imagination is real? Because you've imagined things and you've seen it come to pass. You have grown things in your heart that you really desire, and it's happened. But see, we've not used these together, and there is, there is a creative progression to all of this. These four are the tools that we can put in our creative bag and we can pull these tools out and we can use them any way and any time that we want to. Now let me let me just let me just emphasize something here. Lest you get to thinking I'm I'm making you source. I'm not. Creation. Listen to me. Creation is a collaborative effort between God and man. We've read where he said that we are co-laborers that you're the field, right? You're the, you're, the, you're the one that's gonna produce. You're the one that's gonna bring it into manifestation. 
You're the one that, that creates it. And then the father, his part of it is to make it visible. It's, it's to make it manifest. But there's a part that you play. It's like the vine and the branch. The vine and the branch have to work together. If the vine does not have any branches, it's not going to produce anything. And if the branches have no vine, there's no source of life. And that's just the problem with some of the teaching that is out there today. And I'm not slamming because there's, there's truth in it. But in quantum physics and metaphysics, there's truth, but it's not Christocentric. It's not Christ-centered. It's, it's making you source. I've, I've looked at some of this and it tends to make man the God, man the source. You are not source and you are not God. You have a divine nature. You're a son of God. You're an I am that comes after the order of the I am that I am. So let me give you a brief overview of these because I want you to be able to look at these and start to just move them into your life slowly. Now, don't just dash out and try to work all of this and then say, oh, that didn't work for me. Just let this cook. Will you do that? Will you stay with me for a few weeks, for a few months? As we develop this, I'm telling you, we're gonna, we're gonna, your life is going to change drastically, drastically. Just hold in there. I have seen the results, and you're going to hear the results, and you're going to see in your life. And I'm encouraging you, again, put it to the test. Put it to the test. I don't know of any pastor that's ever told you that before. Any preacher's ever said, like, what I'm telling you, put it to the test. We've always put it over on God, or we've put it over on our faith. I'm telling you, you don't have to do that. I'm telling you, this is this is fact and this, this is reality. So it all begins, we don't see what is seen. We look at what is not seen. We get ourselves anchored in the invisible. And the invisible is what you desire, right? All right, so the first first thing, the whole, the whole beginning point of this is a thought. That's the start of the creative process. What is it that you specifically desire? Now, let me give you an example. I had a lady that uh, messaged me and she said, oh, I'm so glad you're teaching this because I want a car. I said, okay, what kind of car do you want? What specifically are you looking for? I, I don't know, just a car. No, 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 no. That's not the thought you want. You want a specific thought. Thoughts originate from the voice that you're listening to. I want this thought that comes to you to be a specific thought. And the thoughts that come to you come from the voices that you have subjected your mind to. Thoughts are a product of the mind. They come by what we hear. I'm not speaking externally. I'm speaking about what we hear within. That's why Jesus said, what is it? In John chapter 10, verse 27, he said, my sheep hear my voice. When the shepherd speaks to the sheep, it's with a good thought for the sheep. Now, if you want to bring that post-cross, Paul said, 2 Corinthians 2.16, he said, we have the mind of Christ. So it's that mind. Everything begins with a thought. Everything that you see, everything you see originated with a thought. It started with something you cannot see. You cannot see a thought. You cannot see your thoughts. You think... Uh, I, I googled how many thoughts we think a day, and, and the range varies, but it seemed to be um, kind of a consensus, think about this, that we think 6,000 thoughts per day. 6,000 thoughts a day. What are you thinking? What is it that fills your mind? What voices are you listening to? What mind is generating, uh, uh, what voice is generating the thoughts that are in your mind? Now, it's the, it's the mind of Christ that we fully possess. Didn't Paul say that? 2 Corinthians 2, 16. But we have. We're not striving to get. We're not striving to attain. We have the mind of Christ. That mind of Christ should be feeding us. That voice should be feeding us the thoughts that we desire to create. All right? It feeds us our thoughts and our desires that are in agreement with the will and the plan of the Father. <clears throat> and that's when you know you're hitting pay dirt. When the thoughts that you're thinking are in alignment with the will and the plan of the Father for your life. That gives you a leg up on this. See, I don't think that your desires have just come out of left field. I believe that your thoughts and your desires have been prompted and, and uh, seeded in you by the Father, through the Son, in the Spirit. And so when you think, uh, man, I need a new car. 
That thought has come from the Father. He knows the car you have, or if you don't have a car, he knows the need, even before we ask. See, he's created all of this. Let me say it again. He's created all of this in spirit already. 2 Peter 1, 3, everything that pertains to your life, he's already given to you. He's already said yes and amen. He's already said, yes, let's do this. Let's co-create this thing. It begins with a thought. It's, it's those thoughts that come from the mind of Christ that give us peace, that give us motivation, that give us a knowing. So I like, when I, when I think a thought, I, I don't think separateness here. I don't think God thinks some thoughts and I think other thoughts. Uh, I'm moving myself into a position to where I understand that when I think something, because I have the mind of Christ, I'm not carnally minded, I'm spirit minded. I don't walk after the flesh, I walk after the spirit. So I'm, I'm, I'm fully realizing now that what thoughts are generated within me are thoughts that have come from the mind of Christ. You and the Father are one, never forget that. You're in union together. You have become one, one in union. There's distinction, but you're one in union. There is a oneness with distinction. So the more you know the character of the Father, the more you're able to see the thoughts that come to you are from the Father. Thoughts of, of, of peace, of prosperity, of generosity. Uh, things that maybe you say, man, I, I sure wish I could earn more money so that I could bless people. That's a thought that comes from God. How much do you want to make? What kind of, what kind of job do you want? What's the thought? Let's get a specific thought. Everything originates in thought and it's invisible, it's invisible. But as that, that unseen connector starts this process going, uh, it is the first step in moving the unseen to the seen, the invisible to the visible. Now there's a reason that Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believes. Now where do you believe? You believe in your mind. So the mind that thinks the thoughts of Christ have got to move. This is why we don't look at the seen. We look at the unseen. The thoughts that come to us have got to be thoughts of unlimited, beyond possibility of the normal. The mind of Christ would not think or prompt us to think less than all things are possible. Sometimes, you know what I miss? I miss being in an auditorium where I can get up and really move into this. When I sit here and teach you, I feel like sometimes I'm not really able to put behind it what I'd like to put behind it. People that have watched me in conferences or attended conferences said, man, you're different at a conference than you are at the Digital Cathedral. It's because the dynamic is different. But I, I know this, I'm speaking out of my spirit, straight to your spirit this morning, because this is gonna help you, it's gonna help people you meet. This is gonna change your world. So the first thing of this creative process, start with a specific thought. Now, next week, I'm going to take the whole time and talk about your thoughts. A couple weeks ago, I thought I talked to you about thoughts manifest. I introduced it to you. I'm introducing it again this morning, but I'm doing it in a progression. I'm doing it in, in, a, in a way now that maybe makes more sense. All right, the second thing is this. Here's the second thing. Once you got the thought, the thought then hands the thought, the specific thought, off to the imagination. The imagination is so powerful. I'm gonna, I, I've got so much I wanna say on imagination, I'm probably gonna do a half a dozen lessons on imagination. Just because this, I think imagination is, is really a, the most divine connector that you have because it's in your imagination that all things become possible. Your imagination is not limited. See, it, your, your imagination is a product of the Father's imparting to you part of himself. There's probably no part of us that's more God-created than imagination. So imagination takes the specific thought, it takes the desire, and it develops it as fully as it possibly can. So here's what, when imagination is working, when imagination is taking this thought and is developing it, it it's, it's saying this, what will it look like when it comes into manifestation? What will it look like? So the lady that said, I want a car, she needed with her imagination to fully Build that car. What make of automobile do you want? Do you want a four-door, two-door? You want a hard top? You want a convertible, automatic transmission, standard transmission? What color do you like? What equipment would you like? See, your, your imagination 
develops this? What will it look like? How will I recognize it when it comes into manifestation? And also your imagination should bring feeling to this, the emotion to it. What will it feel like when this thing appears, when the Father does his part of the co-creating, and I've done my part, I've built it, I've established it, what will I feel like when there's the car? I walk in and there's the car. Imagination, listen, imagination is the vision of what you never saw before. It was fed by the thought, but imagination now is what makes it real. It's where you feel it, man. You know it's real. You know it's going to happen. Imagination is, this is where you meditate the thought. It gives the, let me put it this way. It gives the thought legs. It gives it arms. It gives its color. It gives it feeling and focus. And we see this all through scripture. Let me give you one, one real, real quick example that I, I like a lot. And this, this ministered to me in Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter one. Let's go way back to the Old Testament and let's look at Joshua because this guy was in a tough situation. Moses had just died. And uh, here's the thought that, here's how it started with the thought. Genesis chapter one. And let me just read verses, uh, um, Joshua chapter one, verse two. God comes, to Mo God comes to Joshua and he says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now here comes the thought. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. So God puts the thought in there. He says, Joshua, here's a thought. I want you to think about this, Josh. I want you to now get the children of Israel, and I want you to cross over the land into the place that I have said I'm going to give to you. Now, imagination starts to work in verse 3. Watch how the Father develops this imagination. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you as I said to Moses. <clears throat> so now Joshua's starting to get a picture of this. He's starting to get an expanse. He's starting to think, man, everywhere my foot goes down, that land belongs to us. So he's starting to see this. The imagination sees. It's seeing what is unseen. It's seeing what is invisible. God's working his imagination. He first comes with the thought. Josh, here's the thought. Here's what I want you to do. Now, let me build the imagination. Let me show you what this is going to look like. How are you going to feel, Joshua, when you walk over there and you begin to possess the land? All right. So he keeps doing this in, in verse 4. He said, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. He's building a, a, a gigantic picture here. And he, he keeps working on this. He keeps working on it in verses 7, 8, and, and uh, 5, 6, and 7. Then in, in verse 8, all right, he says, all right, now let's let's bring this all together. Let, let's, let's, let's see how this is going to work. He said, the book of the law or the word of God, the voice of God, shall not depart from your mouth. Now he's going to say something about it. But you shall meditate in it day and night. So Joshua now is putting what the thought and the imagination that the father gave him, and he's meditating on it. He's meditating on it. He's building it into his reality. He's seeing it exactly how it's going to shake out. He's, he's working on it. It comes together, and he, and he says that you meditate in it day and night, and you may observe to do everything that the thought planted within you told you to do. And he said, then you're going to make you, here's your, here's your part of creation, Josh. You'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Now, God worked with the children of Israel through the whole thing. He, he went in there. Now, they had to get the ites out of the land. There are going to be things that try to come in and, and abort your vision and your imagination. It'll start with your thought. If the thought can be aborted, it's not ever going any further. There'll be no creation. If doubt, fear, unbelief come in your imagination, you're building this picture and you say, "Man, this thing's way bigger than I ever imagined." I don't think this. I don't think this can happen. Then you're not. You're not thinking with an unlimited "all things are possible" thought. It's. It's important when you put the thought in that it's. It's. It's unlimited. There's no. There's no bounds to it. And then let the imagination work on it. I'm going to spend, as I said, I'm going to spend a lot of time on imagination because imagination is where the picture is drawn. It's like, maybe it's kind of like having a paint by number picture. And, you know, when you take the paint and you fill in all of the numbers, 
At first, it doesn't look like much, but, but when you're done, the whole picture comes into focus. And that's what happens with imagination. It comes into focus when you have been able to create it exactly the way that you want it. And that's where you do, that's what you do with your imagination. You create it the way you want it. That's what Joshua was doing. He was creating it the way that he wanted it. All right, so we've got this thought, specific thought. Then the thought comes into our imagination. Now, there's two parts in your mind, your thought and your imagination. They're both functions of the mind. Now, I separate the two, thought from imagination, because I think what I have found in working this, that it's important to see the process. I'm big on process. Process is thought, then it moves into imagination. The whole thing is developed from the specific thought that came. And once it's, it's in all the detail that I can possibly give it, the emotions, the feeling, how it's going to look, uh, what it's going to be like. Then it's deposited, number three, into the heart. Heart, not the blood pumper. When the Bible talks about the heart, it's talking about the, the inner man, the spirit man. It's, uh, uh, we could call it the kingdom or the garden. It's, this is, this is where the imagination, this is where it grows and matures. This is where it grows and matures. Um, let, let me show you in, in Genesis chapter one, in the very beginning, you see this happening with, with the way that God created. In Genesis chapter one and verse two, it says, the earth was out without form and void, okay? And darkness was upon the face of the earth. Watch this. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. What's going on here? This whole thing is developing. Nothing was visible yet, but in the mind of God, the imagination, he had already drawn it up. And now in the heart of God, the spirit is hovering over this and it's growing it. It's, it's taking on shape. It's taking on, on its actual form. So what I call the heart is this. I call the heart the womb of creation. It's where it grows and it grows and it grows until the heart is overflowing, until the heart is filled with abundance of what the imagination has planted, of that precise picture that came from the thought that was specific. So the heart grows this. It continues to grow it. Uh, now, let me tell you this about the heart. The heart does not have a mind of its own. That was the, pro that was the job of the thought and the imagination. The heart is, is like ground. Remember Jesus said, he gave us the uh, uh, parable of the seed and the sower. The, the heart will grow whatever you put in there. <clears throat> the ground will grow watermelon. It'll grow corn. It'll grow carrots. Whatever you plant into that ground, it will grow. And your heart will grow whatever's planted. It'll grow your great big old harvest of fear, doubt, and unbelief. If that's what you have imagined and you have thought, it'll grow in abundance. But we're talking about creating the things that pertain to life and godliness that you really desire to see and to create. So again, there might be thorns and thistles that come when it's in the heart, try to stop the growth. You have to let this thing grow. Heart does not have a mind of its own. It automatically responds. It will grow and it will produce. Now you want to guard that ground. Proverbs 4.23 says it like this. It says that we guard our heart with all diligence because out of the heart, this is powerful, out of the heart flows the forces. And that word force, if you look it up in Hebrew, let's look it up in a concordance, it means limits. It means boundaries. It means parameters. So out of the heart is going to flow the boundary, the perimeters, and the limits of what it's growing. Now, this is where we let this thing mature. This is where we let it mature. How do you know when it's mature? Because you will know that you know that you know that it's so. You'll know that you know that you know that it's going to happen. That's the way it worked when I, I talked to you about the natural bypass that my heart grew. I had the widow maker and uh, went in and went through all the procedures and the doctor showed me. He said, look at your heart. I was exercising this. This was probably the first time that I had, I, I had exercised this process of thought, imagination, heart, and, and I did the fourth part, which I'll tell you about in just a minute. 
but I worked at, and, and, and there were doubts that came, but I got a picture. I, I went on the internet. I got me a picture of a heart. And I looked at heart and I said, heart, you will function to the perfection that God created you to function. And I forbid malfunction in the name of Jesus. Put the abracadabra on there, name of Jesus. But I had the specific thought. I didn't, I didn't pray for healing. I didn't, I didn't call, I didn't tell anybody. My wife knew, my kids knew. I didn't say anything. I finally broke it on a, on a Wednesday night secret place after I was in my heart and I knew that I knew that I knew. I didn't have confirmation. I didn't, doctor hadn't told me, but I knew that I knew that I knew. I was waiting to see the results of what the doctor said. I knew that I knew I was good. I didn't pray for healing. I did something creative. I didn't know how it would manifest. I didn't know what it would, what it, how God would make it come, or what it would look like. I had, I, it never entered that He would, He would bring the creation that I thought and imagined, and let my heart fill up with. He, He brought it in a way I, I never knew, and that was to grow a artery around the blockage and connect back in to my heart so that the blood would flow perfect. And when the doctor showed me that, I'd, I'd leap for joy on the inside because I knew what was happening. Same thing when we got our house. We moved in a house we lived in for 21 years. We were no longer uh, in a building, pastoring, so I wanted to move out in the country. I wanted to get out of the city, and I wanted a house specifically. I wanted a house with a place like this where I could video, nice, nice room. I wanted a larger house than what we had so that I could have a video room, watch my ball games. I wanted a swimming pool. I wanted a uh, natural gas generator. All right. I, I had all that and, and I imagined it. I, I drew it all up in my mind. That was the thought. I drew it up and I let it in my heart. And I knew that I knew that I knew that house belonged to me, but I didn't know where it was. And I, I was gonna have trouble fitting it in my budget. But when I walked into the house after looking, look, this was the process. After looking at maybe, a, I don't know, 50 houses, I go, that's the one right there. We walked in it, walked through it, we go, that's it. And we bought it on the spur of the moment. It went on the market that day. I was the only person to look at it and I bought it. So I, I, I know when, when the heart is in abundance, this is when you know that you know that you know that you know, then you can exercise the fourth connector, which is the words of your mouth. Now, when I get to the words of your mouth, I'm gonna drop a bombshell on you because that's not, the, the words that I'm talking about are not blabbing it to other people. It's not necessarily going to church and giving a, a testimony before you actually see the manifestation of it. The talking that I, the words that I'm talking about are the words that you self-talk. You ever, you self-talk, all of us self-talk. I self-talk all the time. The other night on Wednesday night, I was getting things ready and I was self-talking and I, the camera was on. I didn't think, I never, I wasn't consciously aware the camera would pick it up. I went back and looked at it, oh my gosh. Before the teaching started, I'm there talking to myself. I self-talk a lot. Actually, that's what the word meditate in Psalm chapter one is. He says, you know, you meditate and you'll be like a tree planted by the, the word meditate. There means self-talk. You all self-talk. You ever had somebody you had a big conflict with, the boss at work got on your case and you carry on this running argument with your boss in your mind all day long and you're talking and man, I wish I would have said this and if I would have said it, that's self-talk. What does that do? Number four is the words. And this is what God did in Genesis chapter one and verse three. All right, verse two, he's, he's just hovering. It's all developing. He's got the thing working. The heart of God is filling up with this. Then in verse three, God said, let there be light. Let there be light. Once the heart of God was filled, then he began this creative process, right? And he went through every day until he got down to verse 26, seven and eight, man had not appeared. He said, let us make man, ah, let us make him in our image. He starts imagining it, let him have dominion. He gets the whole thing built up. Then in chapter two, he begins to, the, the thing begins to manifest visibly. So out of the abundance of the heart, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But I, I want to emphasize this to you. It has to be out of a, a heart that is in abundance with what you desire, what the imagination has developed and planted. And the heart has grown it. The heart sees it. The heart's got it. The heart grips it. You've dropped that imaginative seed into the soil, and now all of a sudden it starts to pop up. Don't, don't rip it up early. 
Let that thing grow and grow and grow until, until there comes a time that you know, that you know, that you know. And that's what happened with Joshua in that passage. If you get down to, to uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 10, after God plants the thought, Joshua, I want you to do this. Here's the go. Then he builds his imagination. It grows. And finally, verse 10, he comes out and says to the people, hey, it's time to get up and go possess the land. But he didn't run out there and just blam. He made sure his heart was full. He made sure that he had imagined it, developed it by meditation. God said, if you'll meditate it, you will make your way prosperous. You'll create that prosperity. You'll make your way with good success. All right. Now, at this point, all I'm, all I'm concerned about is you and your life. Now, we're going to get over at some point in time and talk about how we can create for other people because this is highly important. I'm doing some of this now, and I've got more to come on this. Right now, I just want you to know that you can create the life that you desire. If you don't like the way life is, create something different. What do I create? What is it you'd like? What's the specific thought? What is you can imagine and develop till the picture is absolutely full? Then what can my heart grow until I know that I know that I got this thing? See, those are the tools of creation. Those are tools that you can utilize. You have all four of those. You've, you've exercised them all your life and maybe nobody's ever told you. Nobody told me this. Nobody taught me this. And I still have not read any books that put it in this sequence and the things that I'm talking to you about. I feel like when that the Father was showing me because I was frustrated. I felt like the sons of God were not manifesting, that we were not producing visibly what we needed to produce to show the world. We could talk a good game, but we weren't producing anything. And I feel like this is what the Lord showed me by the, by the Spirit. And I, so I begin to assemble it, begin to work it, begin to put it together. And then I begin to exercise it. And I've exercised it in any number of areas, any number of areas. And you're going to exercise it. And you're going to hear testimonies of people. I had one this week. The lady just only knew the thought part. And the thought manifested. These things individually have power. You can think stuff and it will happen. You can imagine things, it will happen. You can, you can put stuff in your heart and let the heart grow till you know. It, it, it can happen. You can, you know, in the word of faith, we were big about speaking, confessing, agreeing. It, that has power. But I'm telling you, when you put the four together, you look at the pattern of scripture. You look at the pattern the way the Father did it or the way that Jesus operated time after time. Everybody looked at it, called it a miracle. Jesus never called said, I'm gonna do a miracle. He just called it another day at the office. It was part of what he did as a manifested son. So much more to say on all these. I hope this morning that I've been able to pull you up to 30,000 feet, take a look at these four spiritual connectors that you have, your thoughts first, your imagination, your heart, and the words that you speak. See, to plant seed that with these four creative life forces that you desire makes life not a mission impossible. And you can come out of what you're in if you really want to. If you get the specific thought of what it is you want. See, just don't say, oh, I'm not happy with life. I don't feel fulfilled. Come on, get a hold, get a grip, get a grip, get a thought. What is it that you really want? That's one of the hardest parts to get people to do. People tell me, you know, used to tell me all the time, they weren't happy, they wanted their life different. I'd say, and you know what, they didn't really have a specific that they were shooting for. Sometimes it's because they didn't think they could ever get out of what they're in. I'm here to tell you that your mind and your imagination are the parts of the Father that have been deposited into you where all things are possible. And that's where you need to exercise the possibility of all things. It's in your mind and in your imagination, in your thoughts and in your imagination. Then let the heart grow it. Let the heart nurture it. Let the heart mature it. And then when you know that you know that you know, begin to, begin to talk to yourself about it. Say, man, this, I, I'm feeling this. This looks, this looks like I, this is going to happen. I know this is going to happen. Let your ears hear your mouth say, I know this is going to, I see it happening. Now, here's where the, the part of the Father comes in. The, far, the Father comes in and he then makes it material. Okay, I can't tell you what it's going to materialize. I couldn't tell you when my heart, when the house was going to materialize. I, I didn't know if the house was going to materialize. It took me almost a year, a year 
to find it. But when I found it, I knew he's the one that manifested it. I'm, I'm the one that created it. He's the one that manifested it. All right. It's a collaborative effort. You got it between you and the Father. So take this all in. Take this all in and begin to ponder what I'm teaching to you in your heart. Again, don't believe it because I'm telling you. Don't believe it because I'm teaching it. You take it to the Father and ask him about it. Let the spirit of truth break it down for you and let them show you if what I'm telling you is right and accurate or not. All right, next week, we're going to start on the first one, which is thoughts. I'm going to spend the whole morning on thoughts because if we don't start to process right, the whole thing gets messed up. We have to start the process correctly, and that begins with a thought. So we'll hit that next Sunday morning. Wednesday night, don't forget Secret Place, 7 o'clock Central over on the Don Keithley Ministry page. That, that page is growing. It's exploding over there. People from all around the world are focusing in on, there's such great posts over there. People are, are, are coming with things that are revelatory and filled with life. Join that page if you haven't done it. Don Keithley Ministries Facebook page. It's a private page. So you can share without feeling uh, intimidated or somebody could jump on your case or rebuke you or argue with you. It's not gonna happen on that page, I guarantee you that. All right, next Sunday morning, let's, let's stick with this. Let's stick with this till we see it all the way through these weeks. And in the months that are ahead, we're gonna refine it, we're gonna take it farther and deeper, and we're gonna extend what we're building for our, ourselves to other people as well. God bless you. Thank you for being with me this morning. Father, I just pray your richest blessing on every viewer. Father, I pray that you'd unveil yourself, unveil truth. And Father, may we see with eyes like we've never seen before. Give us thoughts that are unlimited. Build our imagination so that it can draw a picture that is sharp and clear. And Father, may we eventually see exactly what it is that we desire to manifest as you bring it about. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next Sunday morning.